0: What's up, everybody? This is Alexis, and you're listening to another episode of the Power To Be Show podcast. On the Power To Be Show, we are showing people every week the impact of recognizing how God impacts every aspect of your life. Dive in each week as Dr. Bird, who was both a pastor and professor, chats with various entrepreneurs and leaders in the community. This week, we have Trinette Morris, owner of Trendy Enterprises, LLC. If you've never had her shelf creations, you are definitely missing out. She is an innovator and a hub for many small businesses in the community. Before I turn it over to the host, in addition to subscribing to our YouTube channel, I want you to consider being a sponsor or a donor of the show. We all have the power to be. Now here is our host, Dr. Terrell Byrd. Welcome to
1: another episode of the Power To Be Show. Be creative, be connected, and be courageous. Worship does not stop on Sunday. Thank you, Alexis. It's good to be back to another Power To Be show, and I am delighted to have... Trinidad. Uh Trinet.
2: Trinet. Yes. Uh-huh. Here with us. <laughs> so you're trying to con- combine Trendy and Trinnet. <laughs> Right, right, right. I'm
1: glad to have you with us. Thank you. And uh I'm really excited because you'll be talking about one of my favorite things to do, which is to eat. <laughs> 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 and because you are a, a connoisseur and a professional in the area of food. Yes. I want to hear about that. Before but before we get into that, okay. All right. Trinette, I want to find out a little bit about you, where you're from. Give me a little bit of your background. Okay. And then we can then talk a little bit about your your uh, professional life.
2: All right. So um again I'm Trinette, Trinette mm-hmm. Morris. I am born and raised here in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um but I am only back here about eight about eight and a half years now. Um, okay. So I am um, from Orlando. Orlando. So I, okay. when I um, graduated from high school and went to college to the great FAMU, All right. the great Florida A&M University, mm-hmm. um, right after I moved to Orlando
1: okay,
2: uh, to pursue um, my master's degree. I got my undergrad in education.
1: Okay, not and culinary. No, I uh, okay. never thought I would, you know,
2: <laughs> we'll get probably get to that. But yeah, yeah. yeah so my degree is in elementary education. Okay. Uh, my master's degree is in educational leadership. Okay. Um, so I went to school to be a teacher,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, which I did for, okay. for a short time before deciding to go into the corporate side of education. Okay.
1: Did you, uh, were you a teacher in the Orlando? Or in, in Orlando, in, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, taught yeah. in Orlando. Um, was also interim assistant principal in Orlando as well, okay, a okay. curriculum specialist, and then decided, um, really, I didn't decide, decided, you know, kind of called me mm-hmm. uh, to go into the private sector of education. Mm-hmm. So I worked for Leapfrog, the toy company, okay. the educational toy company for 10 years, I see. Um, and then made my way
1: into the culinary field. Okay, so, wow. <laughs> so, interesting path.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um But uh, the fact that you grew up in West Palm. Absolutely. And then left West Palm to do your. To To go to college. Go to college, do your Mm -hmm. training. Um, Are there siblings?
2: I do. I have three siblings. Um, There are three girls. Okay. And uh, there's one boy. Um, I am the I was the baby for a long time. Okay, and then my parents had my baby sister Zipporah, who is about 14 years younger than me. Oh, wow, big gap um, there. Huh? It's a big gap. Like yeah, so, yeah. she's like my baby. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can so see she that. She is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. So yeah, definitely siblings. My parents are here. Okay. Uh, my dad was a chef. Okay. My parents had a catering business. Gotcha. My mom owns a daycare right now, so you know you can kind of see. Uh, okay. Why so I now would be an educator. Yeah. Coach. Area.
1: Educator yeah. and color. you you're both sides of it. You, yeah. you got, your mom yeah. and dad are really yeah. meshed well with your with your life.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. I don't think that they—we didn't see it this way, sure. but um absolutely now as a a real grown adult and, yeah. and looking back, you, you know, you're definitely like, yeah, my mom's an educator, taught kids, sure, has a daycare. Dad being a a chef. And now, you know, I consider myself definitely a culinary educator for sure. Wow, wow.
1: It's interesting because usually when people either you're really into this elementary education thing Mm -hmm. or at some point you say it's not for me. I mean, I started out. As an elementary education uh, major, okay, uh, but you know they do the student observation day where they send <laughs> yeah. you to the schools to, and they sent me to the worst school. And after one day, I came back and changed my major to <laughs> philosophy. So, <laughs> so I knew I need that to, it, to these kids. That's right. That's, kids. There you go. I knew that was not my calling. But anyway, so but why why not stick with the uh, the education? Piece?
2: Well, the thing the nice thing about it um i've never left education okay. there's not have there's not been a time where i have not been educating Ooh. um youth okay. um so i don't look at it as leaving at all okay. you know i just shifted the way in which i do gotcha. it um you know i did leave the classroom but when i left the classroom to even go into the administrative side of things, it was always done with where do I see myself making the most impact? How do I impact the most kids? And Mm -hmm. so in the classroom, you know, it's very isolated. You're in the room with your group of kids, your set of kids. Mm -hmm. But I was always a teacher that got sent other people's kids. Uh (laughs) So, you know, someone was misbehaving in Miss Jones' class, you know, they sent them to my class. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so... They knew you could handle it. Exactly. So... Mm -hmm. To me, it was about where do I, where can I make the most impact, um, yeah. Yeah. and compound what I'm able to do with these kids, with yeah. multiple kids, and wow. so, uh, and everything that I've done has always kind of been done with that thought okay. in mind, and so I never. Again, I never left education. How I show up in education now is different. My impact is different because there are some limitations in Mm. the classroom.
1: Mm -hmm, You know, mm there are a lot of limitations in the classroom.
2: And there are a lot of limitations when you work for the school district as well. I was
1: going to say, especially within the public school system. Absolutely. There are a lot of limitations. And so
2: what I was able to do even when going to LeapFrog was still be working for a private education company, mm-hmm. but still even here in Palm Beach County, I did so much in Palm Beach mm-hmm. County when I worked for Lee Fogg, but I was able to do that, not just in one place because I traveled literally not just all over the country. I got to travel abroad as well okay. and really kind of talk about education and, and what I saw as issues with education. They really gave me a lot of leeway to do a lot of things mm-hmm. that I would have never been able to do good, good. in the public education Well,
1: that, that kind of brings me to another, uh, uh thought one of the things that we uh, really pride ourselves on in terms of the focus mm-hmm. is uh calling yeah and absolutely. and so uh, i just think that anybody absolutely. who is in the classroom it ought to be a sense of a calling before they even enter into that i also um love to emphasize the importance of how we integrate our faith and our work.
2: Absolutely. So
1: that worship doesn't stop on Sunday, that we're constantly uh, every day acknowledging the fact that God is involved in the work we do. So, absolutely. Sounds like you have that same kind uh, of sense. Absolutely. Or, I yeah. mean,
2: I I often tell people when they ask me about, um, you know, cooking and, and education, I, and I, I use these words Um Education has always been the calling. I've known that, mm, you know, okay. since I was this big, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. or this little. Yeah. Um, and cooking is a gift. Okay. You know, and the fact that I get to do both of them. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, is somewhat perfection.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you know, I yeah. can't. I love it. Perfect. Think of it any other both, any both other uh, way. The calling and the gift. Yeah, because yeah. I get to
2: exercise both. Because it's 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 yeah. a it's a different situation when you are wanting to do something and you just don't know how to make it happen you know mm, what I'm saying you mm-hmm. want to do you have a, a calling and you're doing that but you also have passions you mm-hmm. have other things that sure. you want to also do sure. and you sometimes we we get upset sometimes we get even get maybe mad at God because it's like you got me over here doing this yeah, yeah. I know I'm supposed to be doing it and I'm okay with doing it but I also want to do that too and for yeah. me I do both I do everything okay. that I literally set my mind to do I, I'm able to do it. Okay. So, so yeah, that's without good. neglecting
1: the call. Sure, sure. So so what did that transition look like? I mean, I mean, just in a practical way, how did that happen?
2: Well, a lot of thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some a lot of thought had to go into how to make it practical mm-hmm. because you just like anything else, once you start to do something, you can get so focused on that that you forget or that you just don't have time or you don't make time. But for me, it was very intentional. Mm -hmm. It was very intentional that when I decided to leave education in the traditional sense, meaning Mm -hmm. leave the classroom, Mm -hmm. and even when I decided to start my own education technology company uh, on the consulting side, when Mm -hmm. I left LeapFrog, it was still very intentional. I want to exercise my gift. Like, I love cooking. People love my cooking. How can I integrate that into what I'm doing? I was traveling 18 days a month. Hmm. how what does that look like for me to be able to still do this that I love and that's the call so was
1: your traveling consulting or it was consulting yeah so with leapfrog
2: I was traveling 18 days a month and then when I decided to start my own education consulting business they were my first and only client for two years and so that travel never really um subsided it still it did, you know I was still doing the same mm-hmm. amount of traveling because mm-hmm. I was still servicing the same mm-hmm. accounts. And so in that job, I was the professional development director. So I was training teachers all over the country. Wow. And so, when I again, when I started my own consulting business and they were my only client for two years, I was still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had the desire and the gift of cooking. And so I was always cooking. People were always asking me to do things. And because I was now... Um, After 10 years, able to make my own schedule, um, even though they were the client, I was still able to have some more flexibility. I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. I really want to do more cooking. You know, how do I integrate that in with this travel schedule that I have? Um, And so I decided at that time, well, okay, I can't open up a brick and mortar because I travel too much. Right. Um, I didn't want to necessarily cater at the time because you know it's a commitment as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know what I want to go, and it was crazy that I even thought this way. I think at the time I was like I'm just going. I want to like personal chef for people when I want a personal chef for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay, know, sure. I don't want it to be a a firm commitment. Mm-hmm. If I want a personal chef for someone and they need somebody for the weekend and I, I'm i available, then I can do it. You know okay. what I'm saying? That kind of thing. And so I went out to San Diego and got my personal and private chef certification. Okay. It was like over a weekend, you know, that you get this certification. And I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with it. I knew that I wanted to cook for people. Mm-hmm important people mm. and people who had disposable income okay. be clear about that it was, okay. it, was, it was very specific at that time
1: okay because
2: i couldn't just you know you couldn't just call me i mean i, I had a, a job right right <laughs> so right, i couldn't right. just you know play around with it. it had to be something that made sense and so i um once you get that certification they put you on this website you know uh where people can go on if they're looking for a personal or private chef and they put in, you know, what kind of, what genre of food you cook, mm-hmm, they put in mm-hmm. a zip code where they need the personal or private chef. And then, you know, the list pops up, populates. Wow. And so yeah. I'll never forget. I got my very first, you know, I didn't know how this was going to work, but mm-hmm. I was in New York City on a consulting job. Uh, New York City that was one of my major accounts. I was probably spent more time in New York than Florida, okay. during this time. Wow, yeah. And um, I'll never forget, I was in the hotels, getting ready to go out to dinner, and I got a phone call. And the phone call was like, we got your name off this website for a personal or private chef. We're going to be coming into Orlando in in July for a week, and we you know, want to talk to you about your services for a family of 13 okay. for seven days in a row for ah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I'm like, well, geez. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like... I said, uh, well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm on my way to a dinner with a client. But what she also asked, she said, can you send us, can you email us menus mm, uh, mm-hmm. pretty quickly? I was like, I'm on, I'm, I am le- I said, I'm getting ready to go to dinner with a client. Can I get it to you in a couple of days? And she's like, we really need it, you know, right away. Wow. And so I was like, I, I probably won't be able to get it to you tonight. I'm just going to be really, really honest with you. Mm. So if you need to make a decision, I'll get, you know, sure, to carry on if, if that is necessary. <laughs> yeah. And then something just kept tugging in my spirit to stop and do the menus. Mm. I didn't even have like all these menus set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something just kept saying, send some menus, type something up, send something. I didn't know who the client was. She was calling for the client. So she was like the secretary. Intermediary. uh, Yeah. Yeah, uh But I kept something just would not let me not stop and send those menus. Mm. And so I was like, okay. I stopped, delayed my dinner, typed up seven days of literally, I didn't have it already. Typed up seven days of breakfast, you know, seven breakfasts, seven lunch, seven dinners, because okay. they wanted, you know, like soul food ish. Okay. So it went hard, but I just, you know, yeah. I literally I didn't have it. Yeah. And so I did that, sent it, and then went to dinner. And about three days later, they called. Um, the young lady called and she was like, "The family loves your menus. We would like to book you for those seven days." I hadn't even really gotten my pricing, you know, <laughs> structured together. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it that client is still my client to this day.
1: Wow! And that was how long ago?
2: That was in two thousand and uh, what year are we in? We're, we're, <laughs> twenty two. That was that was twenty. That was a that was like nine years ago.
1: Wow! Wow! But, yeah! Yeah! Which speaks to like nine
2: almost almost ten wow. almost ten years ago. Yeah,
1: wow! Speaks to the quality of what you do. Uh, But but yeah, just listening to that story is amazing because it's almost like you can see how God puts things together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um,
2: But had I not stopped and mm -hmm. like listen and that's really one of the things that I try to be so intentional about Mm -hmm. when I'm doing, you know, not always. Sometimes I just move. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I move really fast without listening. But I will say that when I stop and I listen mm-hmm. and I hear
1: the voice of God. Yeah. That's still small voice. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I was intent on getting to that dinner. You know, mm-hmm. New York City traffic's bad. Oh, I was like, yeah, I got to yeah. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, but something just kept tugging, like, send them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Send it. Like, yeah. you need to send it. Wow. And the... The client, who I can say now, you know, at that time I had a, you know, I didn't talk about him a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, a man of God, you know, a mega pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, I've traveled with Mm them. They just, they were here for his family. Part of his family was just here from, Every year they go somewhere different mm-hmm. to spend a, uh, at least two weeks as a family. But his parents were here mm-hmm. uh, for a month in Fort Lauderdale from from July first to July thirtieth. I service them every day. Wow. Um, you know, the dad is also a bishop in the A.M.E. Church, where retired bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a, a very a, a great family. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just had I not stop i would have never made that right, connection right, the connection right. has blessed my right, you know life in so seems many ways to me that there's some spiritual oh yeah 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 it has blessed my uh, life in so many ways yeah, um yeah. that i just can't imagine that had i not right, made right. that particular yeah. connection yeah. so good
1: good good well yeah. well, that uh leads me to another uh question uh, miss morris one is there is this entrepreneurial spirit i Absolutely. think that and I always kind of like to dig into why do people choose to do it themselves, the entrepreneurial world?
2: Well, honestly, it was another one of those voices <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because the trajectory for, you know, if, if, if my father were here right now, um, the trajectory for um, my life as, it, as he saw it mm-hmm. was, we're going to send you to school to be a teacher You'll be an assistant principal, you'll be a principal, and then you'll come back home and you'll be the superintendent of Palm Beach County schools. Okay, that was the plan. <laughs> That's yeah. the plan. That was his yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. Um. And he probably, in some way, still thinks that that might happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. But literally, when I made the move from what again, what my and I refer back to my father because uh, my mom having a daycare, she's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom yes. is one yeah. of sixteen. Uh, my mom grew up on a 500 acre peanut farm. Okay. Um. So she saw entrepreneurship in my grandparents all okay. her lives. You okay. know my so my grand yeah. It's in you. So it's in me. Yeah. My dad very traditional has worked okay. a job for 30 years, okay. and he believes when you get a job, a good job, that you stay on that mm-hmm. good job. So just imagine having two parents that are kind of the opposite in terms Mm -hmm. of how they believe you should navigate life. Mm -hmm. My dad on a job for over 30 years. My mom had a job. She stopped working when she had my baby sister started Opened up the daycare and she's been an entrepreneur. Wow! Um,
1: now, so now let me ask you. Now you say your dad because you said you picked up the cooking from right. your dad. From
2: both, from both parents. My okay. mom is the
1: best cook I know. My okay. dad's a chef, but my mom's the best uh, cook I okay. know. Okay, <laughs> now, I, okay, okay. You're gonna you're gonna explain that too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so but he never opened up his own business. No,
2: no. He, he was always a chef. For someone else, for, someone for an else. establishment, okay. always. Okay. Yes, always. So, so,
1: the chef and the cook, talk to me about that. What's the. So,
2: my mom, again, being one of 16, mm-hmm. um, my grandmother being the best cook I know, knew my grandmother is okay. deceased, uh-huh. but my mom being um, out of nine girls and seven boys, probably the closest, I would think. And I think her siblings and even and, and my cousins probably would agree would be probably the cl- closest to yeah, my grandmother, my grandmother okay. in terms of cooking. cooking her right. Although now. all of them can cook. They can, they can throw she down, pa- huh? Throw throw down. <laughs> but I would I think that my mom definitely is the closest mm-hmm. to um being able to perfect Pauline's everything, okay, right? Okay. So being Uh, As a child, being, you know, seeing, being, you know, having access to a farm and going, you know, for Mm. summers into Georgia, Mm -hmm. I always saw very large meals being prepared. Like, Mm. I always saw where food, I always knew where my food came from, you know, wasn't a surprise. You you probably couldn't have given me anything out of a can because I just, I knew, and that's the way that my mom Mm. cooked as well. And so... Um, my mom having that kind of um, upbringing, I mean, literally, she's just the best cook that I know. Wow, now, wow. my dad is a great cook. He's a chef. You know, the, the difference is he's run kitchens, okay. you know, that kind of thing. So chefs.
1: So he can manage things. Yes. But she can.
2: And she can too now. Don't oh, get okay. me wrong. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they both can they manage. They both can. No, okay. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I'm... I'm I have no I I'm I, I have to be this way. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, they
1: poured into you. So yeah. so in a sense, because I was gonna ask you, what inspired you? What was who is what's your biggest inspiration?
2: For cooking, I would say it's all of that. It's it's okay. my mom, it's my dad, it's my grandmother, yeah, it's my travels that I had with Leapfrog, like mm-hmm. you know, being able to travel as much as the, as much as I did with mm-hmm. them. You know, I was eating out mm-hmm. every day, all day. Talk
1: about Leapfrog a little bit. So
2: Leapfrog is um Most people know LeapFrog from the retail space, Mm -hmm. um, the LeapPad, the Leapster. Most kids, you know, at some point, especially if you are um, of a certain age demographic, your kids learn phonics with leapfrog right Uh, um so leapfrog is an educational toy company most people again know it from retail going to um you know uh, stores like target walmart toys r us and buying educational devices so educational electronics but what most people uh, probably don't know is that leapfrog had a a division that was totally dedicated to education to schools so schools could buy leapfrog product that never people never saw in the store. Okay. that was, on the wasn't on the counter. It wasn't on the counter, specifically developed mm-hmm. for schools. For schools, okay. Yes, and so I work for the education division. Okay. Um, And I, uh, again, is one of those things where I was teaching, minding my own business in Orange County Public Schools, but I was always labeled a master teacher, even from my mm-hmm. first year. I was always, that label was always put on me. Mm-hmm. And I never really saw it that way. I just had some unique experiences that led me to be able to teach the way that i taught i interned at marva collins uh, who was a world renowned educator her creative exactly and so those things gave me a little bit more of an edge Mm -hmm. as an educator because i had different Mm -hmm. experiences so my expectations going into the classroom were always super super high i was a second grade teacher that had you know 10th grade vocabulary all around mm-hmm. the classroom mm-hmm. um so because that's what we yeah. saw at Marmara yeah. Collins yeah right, <laughs> that, right that was the, the expectation. expectation yeah so coming into the public school uh, system mm-hmm. uh when I did I didn't teach right away I did not say this but my first 3 years in Orlando I sold cruises while I was getting my master's and just, oh, okay. you know, living my life, best yeah, life, living, best life. <laughs> living my best life. I honestly, it was a point in time that I didn't think I would teach mm. because I was making a lot of money Okay, selling cruises at that time in 98 mm. from 95 to 98, only 8% of the world had cruised. Mm. So cruising was fairly new okay, right? right So The money to be made In cruising was different And then I was traveling As well then So travel okay. has always Been a big part yeah, of yeah. You know What I love to do And so It was not until My roommate My She was my Best friend here In high school In middle school And we both moved To Orlando together She was teaching She taught right out of college We both went to FAMU mm-hmm. And she came home one day And she said We need a fourth grade teacher And I was like I hope y'all find it <laughs> <laughs> why are you telling me, right, me <laughs> I'm not ready to teach yet like I'm you know sure. trapped having fun yeah, making money I knew I would teach but at the same time I was like this is, this is like good this mm-hmm. is a great mm-hmm. gig that I have mm-hmm. and I just it started off as a part time job mm-hmm. as I you know because I had to have a job while sure. I was up there and she said we need a 4th grade teacher and this is like when FCAT first came out like literally if you remember again like mm-hmm. the 95 oh, yeah. 96 is when oh, FCAT yeah. Yeah. and so I was like I'm not I'm not ready to. I'm not yet. Mm-hmm. She was like, "I promise, if you meet, if you meet the principal, you're gonna change your mind." And I almost took it as a challenge. Like, okay. yeah. I want to meet this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really. So I'm gonna change yeah. my mind yeah. about yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. teaching. Yeah, I mean, I'm about not.
1: Yeah. Not. So and so, and he changed my mind. Change your mind.
2: I literally took the challenge, went in, and met Dr. Richardson, still a mentor of mine to this okay. day.
1: Okay. Older white guy. Okay.
2: Um. But he was so passionate about kids. He was yeah, passionate about yeah.
1: our kids. Sure. Okay. And
2: um, he literally made me change my mind. Wow.
1: And you so you stayed there doing that for how long?
2: So I stayed with Dr. Richardson for about four years until okay. he left and went to the district. And that's when he told me that I needed to do something different. He kept saying, that you need to be in leadership. Okay. He's like, you okay. don't need to be in the classroom. He's like, I need you to be a principal. Wow. I need. he's like, so he, you know, kind of spit. I was going to get my master's in special education. Mm-hmm. I changed to educational leadership because of him. Okay. And then, um, you know, so again, curriculum specialist sure. uh, did the interim AP position. And then I got a call. I, I was really passionate about reading. And so I would go to reading conferences and I would speak on formative assessment and different mm-hmm. topics that were mm-hmm, important. Mm-hmm. And um, at this one reading conference, uh, it was the International Reading Association Conference. We were in Chicago. I saw the people in the back taping the my session on mm-hmm. formative assessment. And that tape got to the president of LeapFrog. And when I got back, I had a voicemail on my phone at school saying, I want to meet you. Mm. And I never forget, I called my assistant principal into to my office, Elvis Epps, who's just retired principal here in West Palm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen to this message. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and Mike Wood, who's the founder and former CEO and president of LeapFrog, was on the voicemail saying, I saw your 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 um your session on mm. formative assessment he was like I really want to meet you I want you to come out to California talk to our team about formative assessment because that's when they were like really in the prime of building product mm-hmm. for schools yeah, yeah yeah and so I I called back, got his secretary and she, you know, confirmed that they wanted me to come out and the first thing I said was, can I bring somebody with me? And they were like, "Yeah." So I took my best my best friend, Firstella Pinier. She's a guidance counselor here in Palm Beach County Schools. I was like, "We okay. going to California for a week!" <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and I went out there, girl, and it was
1: girl trip, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Went out.
2: They, you know, yeah. they pulled out all the stops, all mm. the bells and whistles. I talked to all their teams, marketing, mm. engineering, about really what kids mm. need in order to be able to be wow. successful in this wow. assessment environment. And they offered me a job. Wow. And I said no. Why? Did not take the job okay. because they wanted me to come to California gotcha. to live in San Francisco. And I told him at the time, I said, like, my dad would fake a heart attack. And <laughs> yeah. I have a real one. Would he fake would one. fake one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, First yeah. of all, me leave the school district, yeah. a
1: good job, yeah, yeah. and be in California, yeah, 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 and my yeah. dad doesn't yeah, fly. Your, your dad is the stay put type of guy. Yeah, color. and yeah. I'm a,
2: you know, yeah. uh, uh-uh. I was yeah. like, my I can't, I was like, I can't do that to my dad, but more importantly, I can't do that to my mom yeah. because she would, he would somehow equate you know her <laughs> f- supporting it to her. I just wasn't gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. You're taking <laughs> just my daughter. Just wasn't the right. It wasn't the right time. Yeah. And six months later, they called me and they were like, "We can, we're, we can create a position for you in Florida." Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Wow!" I talked to my superintendent. I didn't want to quit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll never forget he said something. So he said, "Orange County Public Schools gonna always be here." you'll always be able to come back here. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Like go. Yeah. Sometimes you got to know when to move. Yeah. You know, so. It was like, go. Yeah, yeah. And it
2: was the best decision. Yeah. Wow. That, I, that I've, one of the best decisions that I've made. Well,
1: it sounds like, um, Jeanette, it sounds like you still have passion for, for youth and Absolutely. children, I can just tell in your voice Absolutely. that this is something that you are very passionate about. That yeah, kids pathos. have to be around. Kids yeah, have to be around. Yeah, That's most yeah, important.
2: Most yeah. of my, a lot of my staff right now in every aspect of my business, whether it be catering, whether it be um, at the cafe, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be, um, we do a lot with the convention center. I have the contract there for the concessions. Mm-hmm. Um. We just did a crypto event well, this well, weekend. I was going to
1: say, tell me about your businesses right so, now. Oh, so uh, yeah, so, so much
2: is so much is so much <laughs> is going on. And and and,
1: so, and before you jump into that, all right. I also want to know how your businesses were impacted during uh, COVID. COVID. Yeah, so.
2: So my business is currently... So what we mm-hmm. currently do um, at Trendy Enterprises is a couple of different things. We are uh, a cafe. So okay. that's Trendy Gourmet Cafe, which is located on 407 North Rosemary Avenue on West Palm Beach. That is the breakfast cafe. That is... Okay. We've been there for... eight. We celebrated eight years eight in years August. In Rosemary? On Rosemary, Rosemary, yes. okay. So eight years. We just had our eight-year okay, anniversary. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Um, extremely, you know, proud of that... Um,
1: And the cafe offers what kind of So we're breakfast only. Breakfast only. And we're only
2: Tuesday through Friday. So only four days a week are you able to get trendy gourmet breakfast. Okay. Very important for the listeners. Because people still think we're open on Mondays after eight years of never being open on a Monday. (laughs) Okay. Ever. Ever, never. Tuesday. Through, Tuesday through Friday. Through Friday, that listeners, is it. I hope you and, hear that. And okay. for breakfast only, seven. Well, actually, we changed our hours for the summer, so we're eight o'clock to eleven thirty. Okay. Eleven thirty, we are closed. We're on Uber Eats, so you can get us on Uber Eats if you aren't able to make it down. Mm-hmm. Um, people always have always asked for years if the hours will ever extend, uh, and I tell people like this: I was a caterer first, mm-hmm. and I, I I like to tell people I'm a caterer with a cafe so it was important for me to open up a brick and mortar to kind of just have a space um but we are caterers first that's our okay. core business All right, right? Okay. that is the core business and the cafe so is the a cafe. it's a nice to have yeah uh but honestly and truly um you know if i decide to close the cafe tomorrow our core business has Still, a, always catering. has been catering okay and so when people don't understand why our hours aren't longer or days aren't longer it's really because I never intended for it to be that way I mm-hmm. always intended for it to be uh, in and out four day a week mm-hmm. operation nothing yeah. more nothing less we've we've toyed with expanding to lunch and doing some other things but I think the nice part and the niche about what we do I've had the same chef for eight years wow. uh, he's committed to breakfast wow, because wow, he has wow. another gig wow. that he does right after and so for consistency purposes yeah, and all of that, I'm just really happy good, yeah. with what we do for breakfast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. For that, good. But our catering operation happens at our Spruce location. Okay, uh, it's also our incubator location where we incubate other small culinary businesses as well. Oh. Who are getting started? That's a big part of what we wow. do.
1: Wow! So you're pouring back in. Into- Have to. That's great. Have oh, to, I love that. Have I love to. It.
2: So right now there are about thirteen other small culinary businesses who are uh, who use our space as a commissary because the lack mm-hmm. of commissary space in this county is is appalling.
1: The lack of space anywhere. Yeah, the <laughs> lack of space in yeah, affordable yeah. space. Yes, and ab- so absolutely.
2: Um, that is that is uh, another reason why. Um, when I look at my entire business and everything that I do and I, and being able to, um, decide what it is that's mm-hmm. important. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's important that people get breakfast. Don't okay. get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. I love being able to offer breakfast. But when I look at every, all the things that I know that I have to do in order mm-hmm. to fulfill the call sure. on all levels, then in, 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 in having to make decisions about what not to do, how long mm-hmm. to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rosemary is what rosemary is. Spruce, Spruce yeah. is the incubator plus our catering yeah. facility.
1: Now and so, but you cater more than breakfast. You cater absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. We cater every day, every, okay. pretty
2: much every day, all day. We, I mean, um, it's, it's it's interesting. I think people because we don't really post that a lot anymore because mm-hmm. it's just what we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, people yeah, word of mouth. People know. Yeah, you, right? yeah, yeah. So we we, we litter, literally we cater. Uh, we have corporate clients that we cater for on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, we are catering all the time. So our catering location is at Spruce, but it's also our incubator for other wow. culinarians to use That's that space great. to launch their business as well. Um, and then uh over the last two years, we've been cultivating really three years, we've been cultivating a relationship with the Palm Beach County Convention Center uh through another organization that I'm the executive director of called Blend Palm Beach County, um, where we are um we are over all concessions for the convention center. So every time a large event comes into the convention mm-hmm. center and they want concessions, we provide that concessions, whether it's we, we Trinity Gourmet, or we bringing in other small businesses wow. to provide wow. those concessions. Wow. Um, so that's a big part that's of what huge. I, that's huge. It's yeah. a lot of what I yeah. do. So yeah. a lot of what I do has to do with other small businesses, mm-hmm. bringing them to large, bu- okay. small bringing small business, so a large a business. Large business, okay. Absolutely.
1: So so you're really it's it's not only networking, but you're connecting Connecting. People. Absolutely. Yeah, that, Absolutely. That's great. And so the, the staff, you say you were mm-hmm. mentioning to so how large of a staff do
2: you have? So uh, it's I, funny that you say that. I'm sorry. A lot. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's yeah. all I mean when I sit yeah. back on from the outside and look look in, I'm like, now doing payroll on Fridays, you know, used to be just my cafe staff Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, catering is, you know, um, in terms of staffing when we have events, right. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, you have catering where people come pick up, you have catering where you just drop off, you Mm -hmm. don't need staffing for that. So my catering staff has always been, um, um, independent, you know, Mm -hmm. event-based, right. Um, so we have that we have about a good 30 roster of event based catering staff and then now i have the convention center so that's a different group of people but now i also have the contract with brightline wow. so we provide okay. all of the yeah, know <laughs> no. so and this is i have a full time production facility a full time staff wow. that wow. produces um our bento boxes for Brightline. So if anybody out there goes on the Brightline, whether you're going to Miami or Fort Lauderdale and soon to Orlando, and you book the premium ticket in that, premium ticket comes our bento boxes that are produced and curated by trendy gourmet. So we create four boxes for them. Uh, we do about 5,000 boxes a month right now okay. well, in, in the season. Busy. We are busy. I have a yeah. great team. I have a general manager now. Okay. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm busy, but I have a great team a and team. I've learned yeah. to delegate. So okay. one of the biggest things, and I, I, I got to just make sure I say this for the other small businesses out there because One of the biggest reasons uh, a lot of small businesses aren't successful or never scale It's because they never delegate. Okay, okay. They don't know how to delegate. Yeah. yeah. They're scared to delegate. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to give the baby away. They don't want to yeah, share finances. Yeah. They don't want to. You know, everything is held close to the yeah, chest. Yeah. Because it's it's yeah, your it's baby it's, mine, it's, it's being mine, you, right? Gonna, yeah. Um, I, I was going
1: to ask you what advice would you give? But that's probably, that, That's this yeah. is
2: the biggest advice. Yeah. You got to let. In order to grow, you mm-hmm. got to let go. Gotta let go.
1: Yeah. Wow. There's no
2: yeah. way. I look at every step of my journey especially when we just talk about the culinary part but not mm-hmm. it's not just with the col it started honestly when i was in the classroom it, it my delegation or ability to delegate didn't just start mm-hmm. you know i look at when i was in the classroom i would give the kids like Mm-mm, don't come ask, ask three other people before you come ask me <laughs> yeah, right, right you know right. somebody else might because i'm it's one of me
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: 30 of y'all yeah Y'all can help each other as well. And then if y'all can't help each other, then I'm here. Right. So it starts with stuff like that. Right. Being able to not be the only person in control Mm, of the information. mm, Right. Or or how the information flows. That's
1: wisdom. Yeah. That's wisdom. And
2: so that is important. And so then it, transferred to to LeapFrog Mm -hmm. I developed more managers at LeapFrog probably than any other director because Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid I was like I don't want to have all the information Mm -hmm. you know I can't I got to have a team of people that I can delegate to. Yeah,
1: I get into that as a pastor, too. I mean, yeah. People expect the pastor to be, you know, to do it all. And I'm like, no, there's other people that can Exactly.
2: And someone said something so profound two weeks ago, and I reposted it, is that entrepreneurs typically have to make 40,
1: at minimum,
2: 40,000 decisions a day. And that resonated with me because I'm like some some days I'm like I don't I, I don't want to even want to decide where I'm eating
1: <laughs> yeah don't right, act,
2: yeah, I don't know right. and people will think you don't want like, you don't know where you want to go to eat no I really <laughs> yeah, don't like yeah, I'm yeah. decision fatigued sometimes mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so because it's usually me and everybody mm-hmm. so it's like no you gotta yeah, create layers yeah, in yeah. order to be able to even function so that you can think about mm, the next level
1: mm, so you
2: can a- think about the next place it's hard to do that oh. when you are decision fatigue yeah, for real. Yeah.
1: Old oh, audience, I hope you're getting that. You can't. And so, so
2: creating other layers mm-hmm. of um, people who have skill and also developing other people. Mm-hmm. You know, when I decided just literally in the last two months, really with my Brightline contract that I had to have a GM, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, Lord? Like, I really want somebody who's hungry. I want someone who's not interested in being still. I want someone who really wants to do their own thing eventually. I don't want anybody who's here for a long time. Like I like for people to move and change. And so... Even in making that decision to create another layer, you know, I've had, I have have a manager like my cafe runs because I have a manager there. And my chef is really the director's mm-hmm. manager. And then I have a front, my front staff, you know, so I never have to walk in there if sure. I don't want to. Right. Which mm-hmm. is great. And I was like, I got to create that same thing. Every time I create something or take on a project, mm-hmm. even whether it be the convention center or Brightline, I mm-hmm. always create it in mind. Who's going to take it over? It mm-hmm. cannot be
1: me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: You know, I can put the pieces but, together, yeah, but but gotta but in be terms of that else, day yeah. to day, like it cannot be me. Yeah, yeah. So I always start with that in my mind. Like, gotcha. all right, yeah. here is the opportunity. How do you take yourself yeah, out of it? Gotcha, very, very, gotcha. very,
1: very, very quickly. Gotcha. Now, how about COVID? How did what would what happened? So COVID,
2: um, for us, it just caused me to pivot. Okay, you know, it just caused me to start to think about diversifying my business okay. so that it wasn't just catering. It wasn't just a cafe though. That is really what propelled my convention center mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. Uh, in a different way. I started, yeah. I developed products Wow. doing COVID. Yeah. I hear so, so many
1: people say that, yeah. that COVID uh, it unleashed it the, did. The, the creative juices in people. It did. I yeah. mean, cause
2: we were able to, although we never, and we never closed. Okay. So we never had, as a matter of fact, never closed not one day. Okay. As a matter of fact, the need for us to be open because other places. So we we, you were you were
1: essential. We were essential, and we
2: were not only just essential because we were food. Mm -hmm. The city started to call. We started to supply food for the city, for city workers, for fire department, for um, summer camps when the first summer came. Okay. Um. So we we definitely were essential, but it also allowed I opened up the second location on spruce the the intention was because that was a larger location for it to really be a sit down location but then covid happened mm-hmm. so then that became a um I started to do pop-ups. I started to experiment more. I started to allow other people to come in to use it as their space. So uh, it just literally allowed me to shift in a way that I don't know that I would have shifted this wow. quickly. Yeah, yeah, you know, wow, wow. Uh, I really don't. It, huh?
1: Well, I don't wow. know. I, just, I mean, it's 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 making you know lemonade. You know, lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. you know, you're just doing what you need to do to to survive. Yeah, in this. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, but
2: it definitely allowed me to say okay. If this ever were to happen again, mm-hmm. what does your business model need to look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah.
1: So you need to, to think, yeah. be thinking about that. Yeah. Well, so uh, part of that, tell me what may have been or has been your biggest challenge or struggle.
2: Um, Honestly,
1: probably, uh,
2: there are a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of struggles. I don't want to ever romanticize this business in a way. um, Although people get to see, um, they get to see what I post, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of struggles in this business. It's a struggle being a black female in a male, a white male dominated industry. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. And it's always an interesting fact to me because the basis of most cooking is, it comes from us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But this industry in terms of owners and operators and decision makers and money mm-hmm. is definitely dominated by white males. Mm-hmm. And so it's a struggle sometimes walking into a room, um, wanting, needing, and expecting the same type of opportunities, mm-hmm. um, and people think that you're there representing someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been lots right. of times where I've been and I've done events um, that have never been done by a black female before. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so okay, so who's the owner? Right. <laughs> me? <laughs> like, wow. it's, it's, it's yeah. almost like yeah. sometimes I've been in situations where they didn't expect something so great yeah. from yeah. someone like mm-hmm. me. And it's like you know because I've been so fortunate to be in rooms with people not just you know from leapfrog from from, you know early on in my life so Mm -hmm. I've always known and always seen success I've always seen successful Mm -hmm. African-American always Mm -hmm. my neighborhood the westward filled with successful African-Americans so Mm -hmm. it so to me it was it's like Right. Why is it strange to y'all? Yeah, you know right, what I'm saying. It's yeah, not strange to yeah. me.
1: And yeah, you, you can't emphasize enough that even the black world is not a monolith. It's such diversity and 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 such d- diversity and, and excellence. Yeah. That, yeah, that that that's present. So yeah. I
2: would say that probably it, okay. even still, even okay. still, that is a challenge. It mm. is the what the things that are expected of me, mm-hmm. even as I'm as I'm navigating in much larger deals you know like the convention center and like a bright line Mm -hmm. the things that they expect me to do Mm -hmm. are not things that they expect or have expected from anybody else
1: Mm, it's just what it is yeah yeah. well um and I say this, and I want they my expect audience. for me to make
2: real magic.
1: Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but and, and but you are a pioneer and are to be applauded for Thank you. that. So I I guess what is so exciting is the drive that you have. That and I don't know. I it's obvious that your parents had something to do with that. Put that in you,
0: but Most definitely. because you
1: know some people will, will quit in the light or in the face of the kind of uh, difficulty that people will place upon you, not what you can do, but what they expect you to do. Absolutely. So, so I commend you for that. No, thank you.
2: There've been many days where I'm like, is this worth it? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. do I really want to, you know, jump this high? Do I want to, knowing that everybody's not expected to jump this high? And then it always is, you have to, you have to, because, if you do it now, the person coming won't have to. Won't
1: have to, yeah. And yeah. so. Well, we're all standing on somebody's show. Always. You know? so always. Being able to realize that. So with that being said, the challenge, and, and I think that that's a very uh, important aspect of who you are, is how you overcome absolutely the challenge. What about the greatest success for you?
2: You know, I'm glad that you asked that okay. cuz it's it's and it probably will sound weird to a lot of people because um I've gotten a lot of awards and I'm appreciative of every recognition mm-hmm. and award that I've gotten. I've gotten to do some great things for a lot of great people and I'm mm-hmm. appreciative of of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But it's not until recently where I think I have felt like this is like one of the best things I've done. Wow. And really is as simple as myself and um Katrina Long Robinson um at the end of last school year um did a pilot, a microgreen, an indoor grow of microgreen project in two schools. Okay. Two urban schools Mm. where um we went in and taught kids how to grow (laughs) microgreens. And, and, and it sounds like.
1: Well, I'm a but, gardener, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: in a world of, you know, where we push as we should, you know, gardens, mm-hmm. which are great mm-hmm. and are needed and more so now than ever. Mm-hmm. And again, being a granddaughter of a farmer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, It's important. But what I saw as an educator mm-hmm. and what I even outside of being an educator, formally, a formal mm-hmm. educator, is that kids, it's hard to get kids excited about mm-hmm. gardens. That's right. Yeah. And the reason why is because kids, especially now, it's about immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got to see it, feel it, touch right. it really quick sure. or other shiny balls That's get their right. attention. Right? Yeah. So it's so many distractions. Mm-hmm. And so I was literally riding one day, leaving... Restaurant Depot. I think I just spent almost $300 on microgreens for a catering event. So we use micros. I love microgreens. Not just, you know, most people use them as a garnish. Okay. I use them as a whole
1: meal like wow. for salads the so whole nine. How does that work? The micro your So okay.
2: microgreens are just basically the first grow of most most anything that you grow. Okay. So let's say you're growing kale. Okay. That very first sprout that uh-huh. you get from yeah. kale, that's mm-hmm. your micro. It's the most nutrient dense piece of the kale that you'll ever have before it gets to be full grown. Okay. So but also micros, you grow them faster in certain conditions. So microgreens are a huge business. Okay. Um Especially for restauranteurs and caterers because we use them for not only meals, but we so use them for So you take
1: those initial growth.
2: Yeah, initial growth. Yeah. But and, you speed it up. So And we speed it up in an indoor grow artificial okay. environment. Okay. So what happens with, so instead of, if you're growing it outside like you would normally grow kale, it would take longer. Mm-hmm. But in the indoor grow situation, what we do is we have artificial lights. So we put in lights. Um, we bring in kind of a grow
1: house yeah Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so but in schools what my thing was I was like I just spent $300 on microgreens kids can do this Mm -hmm. and one of my best friends they have a micro they are one of the only black organic microgreen farmers considerate farmers yeah in the state of Florida and they grow in a room probably this big and they supply Whole Foods Lucky's probably a little smaller than this actually yeah wow because they grow vertical Wow! so I was like you know uh, I would love to do a micro green project in schools <laughs> so I literally I didn't even call her I texted Katrina I was like let's put them let's grow let's have kids grow micro greens in schools and mm-hmm. she's an educator as well and she literally texted me right back and she was like I'm on it okay. and probably within two hours she already had identified two schools and two sponsors wow and I was like, okay, great. So we start getting our stuff together. It's one of those things you kind of <laughs> think about on the fly, and then you start to think about the logistics of it all. Yeah, so I yeah, called yeah. my girlfriend. I was like, hey, are, will y'all be willing to come show kids how to grow micros? This is my wow. girlfriend that has the she was Like, yeah, you know, Paige can do her husband. Yeah. And we set it up, got it together, bought all the materials, got the seeds. You know, re- Paige came in, did <laughs> our initial setups with our schools. And to uh, see... The excitement on our little brown and black girls and boys faces about thinking, just based on what we said, that in six days that this seed, they were going to be, we're we're going to cook with it. We're (laughs) going to cook whatever. We're going to be eating it and cooking with whatever grows.
1: Wow, wow, wow.
2: But the way we spend it in the classroom is because we put it initially in science classrooms. Yeah, okay. That was a part of the science. Yeah. So it's like, okay... If your grow last week mm-hmm. looked like this and your grow this week looks like this, what did you do different? Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it was yeah. a, a conversation, it was observation. Yeah. It was something they got to notate, jot down. Yeah. So it became a part of their overall lesson. Um, so it's not to say that they don't have some successes, some failures in a micro sure, situation. Sure. It's just. It- well, it's a, a different... Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I'm I'm extremely gratified by the enthusiasm Absolutely. and the passion that you have for what you do and pouring back into these kids. And out of all the things you could have mentioned as graded success, this is what it is, giving back.
2: Oh, yeah. And so it goes back to, in full circle, the question that you asked me in the beginning, like, how do you even do all how do you integrate the two mm-hmm. and that's the way I do it yeah, so yeah. me being able to go into schools mm. now and talk about nutrition and mm. food still educating sure. still food at the forefront um, is how I'm able to and then also having youth work you yeah. know in the different parts of my organization yeah, as well that's so great. That's great. Um, it's a beautiful thing I tell people all the time again as, as, as I said in the beginning being able to simultaneously Know that you're in your call. Also, be working on your gift and the mm-hmm. things that you just genuinely yeah, love that you that make you tick. Those are the things that make yeah. me tick. So, if I'm not doing something with kids or food or education yeah. or entrepreneurship, like I'm not ticking. <laughs> well,
1: it's, it's a synthesis of wonderful, it, so, it really is. So, it, thank and I'm, you. I'm.
2: I'm It's a blessing. like I don't take it lightly.
1: Let me have a word. If you don't mind, a word of prayer, pray for you and pray for all the wonderful work you're doing. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you. This has been a wonderful blessing to be able to hear uh, Trinette share uh, her experiences, not only as an entrepreneur, but the integration of her faith and her work and how she has found purpose And even in finding that purpose, Lord, you have gifted her that she can be a a blessing and gift to others. I thank you, oh God, for the wisdom that uh, you've uh, poured into her. And as she uh, makes decisions for the success of her business, that she understands that there is a larger picture. Thank you for her acknowledgement of her calling. But thank you also for the excellence in which she is doing that only comes from you so we thank you oh god i ask that you would bless extend her boundaries dear god and may her light continue to shine bright so that others see the good work in her and give you the glory so we thank you oh god for all that we've heard today in jesus name amen amen amen, amen. i want to present you with um, a Power to Be tumbler. It has our name on it. Every time you either drink for it or see it, you will Thank think you. that you've been on the Power to Be yes. show. This will come so, in good. Oh, yeah. This will get, get, get good use okay (laughs) well thank you trinette for being here i I appreciate you and what you have uh shared with our audience today
2: i appreciate the invitation i I appreciate the platform and thank you guys as well thank you
1: you. All, all right audience we have been blessed i have been blessed and we've been inspired by what we've heard today so we ask you to join us again next time for the power to be We would
0: like to thank this episode's sponsor, Living Word Christian Community, located at 2390 South Military Trail, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33415, where Dr. Terrell Bird is the lead pastor. The worship service begins at 1030 a.m. in person on Facebook and Instagram Live.